0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Fashion School Dropout. Today I am here with Dallas-based fashion stylist and my girl, Bria Charlize. Hey girl, hey. Hey y'all, thanks (laughs) for having me, (laughs) sis. Yes, of course, so we're getting down to the real tea today. So just a little background, I met Bria at an entrepreneur's workshop at Facebook's headquarters, and we hit it off right away, like right away. We were the youngest ones there, and the only few in fashion because you don't typically meet a lot of fashion people at entrepreneur and business events. So like I said, we hit it off right away and we've kept in touch ever since. So with that said, it's my pleasure to welcome Bria. So please tell us how you got started in the fashion industry as a stylist.
1: So, yeah, so officially as a stylist, I started back when I was in undergrad. Um, I went to a school, if you're from Texas, and you're listening to this, I went to the University of North Texas, which, um, like I said, if you're in Texas, you know that's in Denton. But basically, I went to just a regular university, and I was studying merchandising with a minor in marketing. And the, the way that I started, I was in, like, fashion clubs and different stuff like that, but I really kind of was just like style my different clothes. Um, the football team, basketball team, I would like just put some outfits together for them. Um, even when I was on campus, I started creating a whole lookbook. So my, my roommate at the time, she was a model. Like she was a legit model. So we would just like, I would go through her closet. I would go through my closet. Um, I worked with the photographers that I knew that was up and coming on campus. And I literally was creating like, look books I was selling look books (laughs) I was like styling my clothes on like a hardwood floor in my kitchen putting stuff together and then I was just really just going in other people's closet and then just helping them style them for like parties or if we had like um, a big school event where it was like a war ceremony type thing Um, I started that's how I really just got started like that
0: well so you were really hustling with those look books and getting your name out there huh yes Nice. So how did you end up getting your first client? Like official.
1: So, client? so I was actually in New York. I did a gig with um, Elle magazine. It was the Malaysia edition. It was the September issue. Yeah. This was back in like 2016, I believe. Yeah. 2016 cause I graduated undergrad May 2016. So it was that following fall and what well, was the summer, but you know, the September issue comes out in the fall. So I was like, I remember being on a train and then my cousin was telling me about like this guy or whatever. And so like, I really, that was like my first official client and that was really like my first gig. Um, but that, it wasn't like a paid, it was more so like just get the experience. But since it was with L, you know, like I was like, I don't mind doing this for free. You know, like I'm getting my name out there. I'm networking. And then like I was introduced to like, different people and at this time I didn't even know like what to charge them I was just like styling them but then just charging them like a little gas or I wouldn't say gas money train money you know like food (laughs) and like little bill (laughs) money um yeah so I didn't really know what I was doing but I was just like dang I can really get paid for this so I didn't really know how to charge my work so I was just doing like little baby money but then when I moved back to Dallas I had got my first client from word of mouth So a lot of my business now is word of mouth and then social media, so.
0: Nice. And I really like how you're branding yourself on social media. That really caught my eye because you do, you know, your Bria talks and then you do your fashion tip videos. That's really helping you set yourself apart from a sea of stylists.
1: Yes. And then, you know, I just brought back my free game Friday. So go ahead (laughs) and check it out. Tell us what it is. Yes. So free game Fridays. I started that back when I was in undergrad as well. And I would just be on Snapchat, just running my mouth. But every time, even though I'd be running my mouth and I'd be playing, I would be dropping gems. And I just remember talking to my sorority sister, my line sister. She was like, sis, you need to bring back free game Fridays back when the Snapchat era was popping. She was like, just do the same thing, but just put it on Instagram. And I was like, okay, so let me just start utilizing Instagram TV more. So I post that every Friday. I used to talk about like relationships, situationships, um, you know, just being a a college student, balling on a budget. You know, I would just talk about different stuff, but it was so relatable because if you you related to those topics, you're like, okay, dang, she is talking about some real life stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. So I brought it back like maybe three weeks ago, and so I drop it every Friday. I try to do it in the morning time, but yeah, I love Free Game Fridays. I've been getting some good feedback since it's been back. so.
0: Okay, yeah, you guys check out Free Game Fridays on. Well, I was going to give your handle at the end, but I guess we can okay. do it
1: right now. Okay, and so are you on set or are you on? No, you're good. It? <laughs> um, so my Instagram is I am Bria, Charlize, that's B-R-I-A Charlize, Charlise. That's I A M Bria B R I A Charlise, C H A R L I S E. And so we'll plug you, well, I'll plug it in again at the end. so. <laughs>
0: All right. So I really wanted to have you on because you're really doing your thing in Dallas, which is not known as a fashion capital, you know, typically LA and New York, but a lot of fashion mentors, followers are in smaller areas that don't have the same resources that LA and New York do. So what type of obstacles have you faced as a stylist in a smaller city, as far as being able to pull and getting clothes for shoes and as a stylist in general?
1: Yeah, the biggest obstacles that I faced so far was just really, I haven't had this issue, but of course, just building that trust with retailers. Even when I'm reaching out to bigger retailers now, like most are kind of like, okay, they know. Like, if you know of like Jay Bowling, that's probably one of the Jay Bowling, and it's a big Dallas named um, Willie, and then another one, um, Miss Katrina. Like, if you're in a Dallas area, if you don't know those people, like you definitely need to know those people, but like say, for example, Willie, and then like your J Bowling, like those are the key stylists that's been in the game that most w- big retailers, you know, they know. Um, so sometimes the obstacles for me is just really just going in there. Um, I used to just send emails. But now if they don't send me like if they don't send me an email, if they don't email me back, or if they don't like contact me back, I'll just pull up to the store and, you know, just try to bring something and kind of show them how you know, how I can benefit them, but it's really all about building that trust. So I feel like that's been one of the obstacles is really um, gaining the trust of people. I'm not saying that I'm untrustworthy, but a lot of people that I've worked with and that I'm building relationships with, they don't have bad experiences with people who call themselves stylish. So it's been kind of a little bit tough to do that. Um, Other obstacles have been really just finding that right clientele. Like I'm starting to overcome that now, but not everybody is going to be a clientele. And some people are not going to be like a paying clientele, if that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but really just finding like that true niche. But the good thing with me being in Dallas, like it's a lot of opportunity, even though it's not like a fashion capital, like LA or New York, Um, but it's a lot of money in Dallas. So really, at first, my biggest obstacle was gaining the trust and just finding paying clients' heels, if that makes sense. Because it can be sometimes overly saturated. You know, if everybody's calling themselves a stylist. Girl, how do you think you feel over here in LA? Yes, <laughs> I know. I, I can only
0: imagine. It's a stylist. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And
1: especially like, if people are finding you on Instagram and, like, they, they may style, like, a client that you want, you're yeah. just like, dang, I want to style them. Like, I know I could kill it, you know? And mm-hmm. it's not even, like, stepping on nobody else's toes or anything like that. Like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I don't know, sis. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like those have been a, the, the top challenges for me starting mm-hmm. out.
0: And when you had said um, clientele, do you mean like finding clients in general or clients who come back consistently?
1: Really? Okay, that's a good question. I'm glad you emphasized on that. I would say consistently coming back Mm -hmm. Um, because finding clientele for me isn't hard. Um, But I know this is something my business coach and my mentors used to tell me like, put clients on a retainer base. Um, But I didn't really know how to structure that, you know, like in the past, like, how do you keep somebody on a retainer? You know, I know it may be like, sis, that's easy, but it's really not. If everybody have different needs and wants, so that was something that I had to get comfortable with, um, and really charge my worth, and then going from there. So now I put people on more so like on a retainer. Um, the lowest that you can work with me is six months. So you have to at least do six months, sis, because I need to know that for sure six months is coming in. Give me time just in case, you know, <laughs> to find somebody else, you know, to replace that, that income you paying me every month.
0: I love that. And, again, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I just love that you're so business-minded. Both of us are. And I right. think that's why we connected. But a lot of people, they don't know about retainers. They don't know about, you know, contracts and getting clients. Um, you mentioned that you had a business coach. What are some tips that you can share for other stylists who want to make this a business and not just a hobby?
1: Right. So definitely um, I would get a business coach. I actually have two business coaches, but I'm actually trying to um, get a business coach that's actually in my industry that focus solely on fashion. Um, but in the meantime, just know with a business coach, you're going to have to pay. Okay. That's different from having a mentor. Typically a mentor is somebody that's, you know, just, being generous and giving you know their time to you a mentor you shouldn't have to pay for a mentor that's typically complimentary or like free as you know you should say but a business coach definitely saved me a lot of time um it costs the beat the balls you know but I save so much money um I get people inside with people who's been in the game for a long time so even if they their niche isn't fashion they've worked in fashion before um it just definitely has been great. And to have two, I get two different perspectives, um, which can sometimes be hard, you know, because one person is saying one thing, one person saying another thing, but you know, it's still the, the goal is to still, I mean, what what am I trying to say? Still reach the, the common goal at the end of the day. And the business coach is to really just guide you. Now, just because you're paying them, that don't mean you have to just do everything that they tell you to do, but Nine times out of 10, the information that they're giving you is helpful because they've been there and done that, you know? Right. So I would definitely look into both, mentors and business coaches for sure.
0: So how do you go about finding a business coach, especially if you're in a smaller city? Do you search online, Google? Like, is it all virtual or do you have someone in your city?
1: Well, one was virtual, but now she lives in Dallas. Okay. And then um, the other one is in person. Um, But I do have virtual people. I personally do not look on social media because I feel like anybody can put business coach or something in their bio. So that can be overly saturated. Um, If I do find you on social media, I do a lot of research and I see like, who else follows you? Like if we have any mutual friends, like what are your credentials? You know, um, like a lady that I want to work with, I found her on social media, but she has a long track like she got a long history of stuff that she that she's done in the past, but I found out about her through a podcast that I listened to, so that showed me a lot about her anyway and then i like she works with Forbes, different stuff like that, so she has some really good plugs. but really, a lot of my business coaches have been like networking events where I've seen them in action um and then the other ones have been word of mouth. so a lot of my stuff be word of mouth and it's word of mouth through people that I trust. So that's kind of how I went about mine.
0: Yeah. So you got to really do your research, make sure that the person you're looking at really knows their stuff. Cause, like you said, right. anybody could put anything in their Instagram bio these days. And, right. Yeah. Right. So I also want to, um, touch back on one thing that you mentioned before then we're going to move forward to the other questions but you mentioned um, going to the retailers and basically popping up because right. sometimes you got to just do what you got to do I popped up in showrooms mm-hmm. too <laughs> I'm like you're not answering my emails right let's talk in person but um how would you suggest um approaching them like do you bring a mood board or do you bring like you know like do you pitch yourself do you have that like, you know, that elevator pitch, like, how do you go about that?
1: So it really just depends on what I'm seeking from that personal retailer. Like, let's say, for example, um, if I'm looking to pull, I'll bring my pull letter in a folder, I'll have like, a few business cards in there because you want to have a few in there just so if you want to give it to the, the manager the manager may have to pass it to the district manager you know different stuff like that I get their contact information as well so I can follow up because most will say that they'll follow up with you but you know most get busy so you want to have their contact um, information as well but at least give them like a week or two because retailers are busy. So, you know, like you don't want to call them back two days later. Did you, did you think about what I said? You know, it's like, thanks, sis. give me, give me a minute, you know? Mm-hmm. So I typically do that. Um, I usually bring a resume, but not since at a 10, they don't want a resume. Um, and then I, I put together like um, a little mini lookbook, and I just bring like different looks, but I, I bring looks that, that I've worked on that kind of correlates to what that retailer does. So, Obviously, if I was reaching out to like a bridal retailer, I wouldn't bring my urban looks that I have because they don't even correlate with that retailer. Like, you know, they want to see if you've worked in bridal or if I haven't worked in bridal, I'll just be honest with you, like, I haven't worked in bridal specifically, but I have style guides in these suits. These are the certain brands that I worked with for that shoot. You know, it's other ways. Or let's say, for example, if you're a new stylist that's listening to this, you don't have maybe any of those things maybe start with getting business cards, maybe pitch. You may have some work experience from maybe a past job or maybe working in a fashion club at your college, pitch yourself like that. Like, or maybe you took one of Brittany's classes or you did her recent workshop, like pitch that, like that shows that, you know, something, you know? Um, So don't at least come. I always like to say, You want to approach it like a a relationship, like if it was with a a romantic relationship or a friendship. Like if you know, if you're a guy listening to this, if you're trying to approach a girl, if you're a a young woman listening to this, you're trying to approach a guy, you're trying to get in a relationship, y'all have to bring something to the table. You know, you have to benefit each other. So the relationship that you're building with that retailer, whoever that person may be, it should be give and take. Like it shouldn't just be you just pulling, pulling, pulling from them, but you're not beneficial to them. So how can you be beneficial to them? And only really you can figure that out because it just kind of depends on your needs and wants for working with that retailer, if that makes sense. Hopefully that makes sense
0: no it did and i hope you guys are taking notes because you dropping some gems right now
1: oh sorry sis they're probably like oh she preaching preaching
0: <laughs> hold on now get your fans out because it's about to get a little hot up in here <laughs> <laughs> i know get your church fans out <laughs> you know how we do in the south <laughs> okay so back to um styling so you specialize in men's styling and yeah. you're also a designer yeah. So, what made you want to focus on menswear?
1: So, it it kind of just happened by accident. I wouldn't even say it happened by accident. My my best friend keep on saying, "Stop saying it happened on accident." Um, but it really did. To be honest, um, I was working an internship with Nordstrom, and I'll never forget they told me to list my top three departments. And child, my top three departments was nothing that had to do with mens. <laughs> but when I saw those top three departments, the ones that I had wrote down, they had, they was given to like other interns. I'm like, okay, it's only men's where department's left. So I'm thinking I'm going to be in there where like the pants, you know, chinos and stuff like that. I'm, I'm going to be selling Joe jeans, you know, stuff like that. Um, but then that a different intern had got that department and then a different intern had got the shoes. So what was left was um, men's furnishings, which was like dress shirts, ties, you know, cufflinks, stuff like that, or men's suiting. So I ended up getting men's suiting and That's really how it kind of started from there. Mind you, that was back in 2016 as well. Um, I didn't want to do anything in menswear because I didn't know anything about menswear. And my goal was to make money, obviously. Like, (laughs) how am I going to make this commission if I don't know nothing about no menswear suit and how it's supposed to fit? But everything really just started working out. And I just really started utilizing my degree, all my previous, you know, experiences working in luxury retail and I really just was like, sis, you gotta boss up because this money ain't gonna make itself. You hear me? So I'm just like, you gotta get in there and get it. So I gave myself a pep talk. I just put all my experience to use, and it turned out really well. Like I wasn't—I wouldn't say I was the highest paying um, person in my department because the guys who I worked with—they was like twice my age. Like they've been in men's wear probably as longer than we've been born, Brittany. So <laughs> obviously, I didn't have the highest numbers, but my, my clientele was growing because I was a woman. Mm-hmm. Um I used that to my advantage. And then on top of that, I was very authentic and very I'm a people's person. So people love my that energy.
0: Southern, that southern charm.
1: Yes. And they love my energy. They like, I don't know who this new girl is, but she kinda funny and I like that she dope, you know, and she can dress and stuff like that. So I used that to my advantage and it just kinda took off from there. And then I just kinda made it to my own business eventually.
0: I love that and you just never know like where life's gonna take you because I had a similar story. I really wanted to intern for this one particular stylist Um, She was working on a TV show at the time But I didn't know that her personal styling clients for um, her celebrity clientele were all men So I, I get my foot in the door with her and then turns out she only styles men really and I was like Oh Like, (laughs) this is not what I thought it was going to be. But in the end, I ended up learning, like, a new skill set. Men's wear is so different from women's wear. Like, I didn't know what, like, neck sizes and, like, all of that. I didn't even know that existed. All I knew were, like, you know, women's clothes, like, you know, dress size or whatever it may be. So it's just you never know where an opportunity will take you. Because if I didn't do that and if I stepped away and said, oh, that's not what I signed up for, I would have never learned you know, about men's styling. And I would probably, when I went out on my own, have been looking crazy when I get on set with a male client because I didn't know, like, you know, about the different sizes and, like, the different, you know, how to tie a tie and, like, things like that. So, yeah, you right. just never know where yeah. where things would take you.
1: Exactly. Men's styling is a different type of beast of its own. Like, women's styling, it's a little bit more easier because I feel like we're women – um, women are more emotional, men are straight, logical, you know, they don't really think with emotion. Like women, you'd be like, uh, I don't really know. Cause these pants don't really fit right. The guys are just like, yeah, I don't really don't care. Um, <laughs> right. Just they're just like, like, if
0: it looks good, then let's do it. But yeah. Like I to get to look line. You said
1: it look, right. they like, you said it look good. So I trust you. Like give me eight of them, you know, like, yes. like okay. <laughs> yeah, let's
0: oh, get yeah. that commission sense. Right.
1: <laughs> Not for real. I'm like, I now you know these on sale too. Start cross selling,
0: start up-selling.
1: <laughs> right, I'm like I had to get this um Polo blue or this Versace blue cologne too. While you had it, Mister Jackson. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, for real, no, Mister Jackson.
1: <laughs> no, for real, I'm just telling the truth, sis.
0: Ah, I love it. All right, so for the aspiring stylists out there, what's something that you know? You wish you knew before you jumped into this career path, and what advice would you give to aspiring stylists in smaller cities who want to get their foot in the door?
1: Wow, the biggest advice I think I wish, well, I wish I would have known starting out was charging my worth and really just knowing my worth. um I wouldn't say I am the best stylist at, in the whole wide world, you know, because I'm still learning, you know, um, but I, I am confident to know that I'm. I am a good stylist. I'm probably not the best yet because I know it's still things that I need to learn and still some experience I need to gain. But really, just charging my worth, um, knowing my worth, and being confident in your craft because every day, you know, you're going to learn something new. And then another thing that I wish I would have known I would I wish I would have known the business side. So really, knowing how to really pull from retailers or the insurance part—that's the stuff that people don't really talk about, like the whole business side of it. I wish I kind of was more savvy and knew about that um but that goes into having a mentor having those business coaches different stuff like that um the biggest advice that I would give a stylist is be you you know what I'm saying be you be the best version of yourself that you can be like don't be nobody else don't try to be me don't try to be Brittany find your own niche and just stick with it you know like a lot of people don't do menswear in Dallas and people that are trying to get into menswear because maybe they saw me doing it. They see me being successful in it. Like I don't knock other people for, you know, doing what I do, but I just know what I'm good at. I know what I'm going to bring to the table and vice versa, you know, either going to rock with me or you're not. So I would say just definitely be authentic. Don't ever compromise yourself for a client or to get to where you want to be because I'm going to tell you that's going to backfire on you. Um, And then obviously I would just say the biggest advice is just be a lifelong learner. Um, yeah, always be open to learn because you don't know everything you should definitely be coachable. Even when it's stuff that I know, like when I work with certain retailers, they want me to do stuff that I'm like, I did this back in 2014. If it's a good experience, if I'm in the door, I'm gonna still do it. I'm gonna put my pride to the side. I'm gonna do it because I know this is maybe a client that I really want to work with or, Um, A company I I really want to work with. Say, for example, if I worked with Tyler Perry Studios, like that's a good company to work with, you know? And I wouldn't mind working with them, but if I had to come in as assistant style and I had to steam and pull, if you get into Tyler Perry Studios, I'm just using this for example, like put that pride to the side because you never know where Tyler Perry Studios and the people that's in that studio will take you, you know? And that's something that I I have to learn. early on like put your pride to the side and just sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and do it you know um so I would just definitely say that be a lifelong learner sometimes put your pride to the side but don't put it to the side where you like you know it's it's above you you know like now some guess it's like okay I'm not doing this because I'm not getting anything out of this you know like that's something that you have to decide like am I going to benefit from this If I was working on on Tyler Perry Studios for like a movie set or something like that, I knew I would benefit from that, you know, so I would put my process aside for that. But if it's like just something else and it's not benefiting me and and I'm not getting paid, that's something that you could probably be like, "Uh, I don't know about this, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, So definitely just knowing your worth, um, being a lifelong learner intern and getting under somebody that you trust and that you can really learn from and just kind of go from there but i'm like chay i can give you our gems all day but i know Brittany. like sis come on because we got some no,
0: no, keep going i'm over here like snapping my fingers like that's really <laughs> a word right there because a lot of people and i mentioned this at our recent fashion career con you have to know if you're getting taken advantage of in an internship situation because that happens Way too often. Right. And what you were saying about, you know, knowing if it's above you or whatever it may be, that's so important because even though you might be working with someone who has a name, if you're not learning anything, then it's time to go. Like, okay. I always tell my students, these stylists, like, you know, we need you as much as you need us. We need you to help us out, and be a helping hand, and you need us to learn the game. So right. I always say, if you're not learning, if they don't want you to, you know, ask questions and if, you know, just bottom line, if you're not learning anything, then get out of it. There's other stylists in your city that you can learn from who are actually going to teach you the game and teach you how to do the job. If you're just walking their dog and like picking up their coffee, right. you're not. Maybe now. Yeah. So, you know, even if you're just doing returns all day, you yeah. can learn something from that. You're learning contacts that you normally wouldn't, you know, have. Like, right.
1: You and that's what-
0: yeah, like, you can't just go on Google and, you know, type it in. Like, you have to, like, kind of know someone who knows that place and, like, you know, get you in there. So there's right. in activities that you might not, you know, see right away.
1: Exactly. And I just wanted to briefly touch on when you said, like, the return aspect. Like, sometimes you may think, like, oh, I'm doing all this busy work because that's what I thought back in 2016. Like, just imagine getting on the train in New York with all these garment bags, boxes, carts like oh my gosh I already did not really like the transportation system in New York because mind you I'm from the south I can just get into my car and do all this you know what I'm saying I know you can relate too because you're in LA but I really like that would like really get on my nerves but then I have to think about it like sis you really got an advantage because you're learning like doing these returns picking up this stuff from these shoots and stuff like that you're going to all these like fashion headquarters like you're going to these showrooms you're going to Kate's Bay you are going to all these different showrooms to get stuff even though it was a lot of pressure on me making sure I had everything organized and I brought everything back in a good condition I was still making those face-to-face connections you know what I'm saying that stuff that like what you said Brittany you can't find on Google or even if you found their email email is totally different from making a face-to-face connection people knowing you by your name you know stuff like that so those are the benefits um, but like you said, like getting coffee, I had one like little gig or something that i it did not match the description. I was literally getting coffee, stuff like that. And I just politely told her, I don't want to do this. And it was a really good brand that I looked up to even in Dallas. When I came back, like, I'm like, dang, like I did not <laughs> sacrifice my time to come in here and get your coffee or, to <laughs> be, or be tagging clothes all day. But it's because I knew my worth. Like if you first started out, I wouldn't say go get the coffee, but maybe you may need to learn how to do those assistant, you know, administrative or, you know, retail like duties. But baby, I already had experience in Michael Kors, Louis Vuitton, Nordstrom. You know, I done worked in corporate on the corporate side as a buyer merchandising assistant. I didn't need I wasn't benefiting from that gig because I was already past tagging clothes. You get what I'm saying? So I had to know my worth when it came to that. But if you fresh out of like high school or something, that may not be bad to start because you need to know that the behind the scenes part. But me, I knew I was past that. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I wasn't spending eight hours out the day just twiddling my thumbs and Windex and mirrors all day, baby. Baby, now, like I could be doing this. I could be doing something else at this time, you know?
0: Exactly. Something more
1: productive where you're actually learning. Learning. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Bottom line. Right. Right. Well, sis, you dropped so many gems today. So tell us what's next for Miss Bria Charlize.
1: Now, chill. It's hard for me to even keep up what I got going on because i don't know doing... what's going on. I'm always looking at
0: your page, like, <laughs> I'm
1: like what is she doing next? now? Yeah,
0: this, this is my mama. You I my... feel like I need to start doing videos or something. Like, you, know, <laughs> you are even... on it with the branding.
1: Yes, like, with the content, like, that stuff, I just be trying to, like, even when I'm tired, I'm like, do the content, sis, do the content, because this content gonna pay off, and, you know, like, even when I've been out all day, like, doing stuff with my friend, or, like, just anything, when I get home, like, oh, I do not feel like doing this, a lot of times, truth be told, these good pictures and content that y'all seeing, I'm doing this at the crack of dawn, I'm doing this at 11 p.m. or midnight at one editing videos you know like I'll be so tired but I'm just like okay it's gonna pay off, sis I don't know when <laughs> but it's gonna pay off so you know I was just like just keep doing it or whatever but child you just never know with me I don't even know you know what's going on with me sometimes because I'll be having so much going on where I'll be having to look at my calendar or like um my intern that I work with she gotta keep me on track at times so I would just say you just gotta follow me, yes. keep keep updated. Cause baby, one thing about me, I'm gonna keep you up on your toes for sure. <laughs> so um, yeah, definitely follow me. Again, it's I am Breya Um, and yeah, I yes, hope to you. see some new followers. And I can <laughs> stay in contact with your girl if you pull up to the B. You know, real high girl stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> before we before we get there, let's wrap it up. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: sorry 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 no I'm just kidding um no but really thank you so much like I learned some stuff about you today that I didn't even know so like being an L like that's huge and you know just your experience working in New York and everything so thank you for being so open and dropping these gems especially about the business side which is so important I always say Anyone at the end of the day can put together an outfit, but you know, only the strong survive in the industry because it's a business at the end of the day. So yes, make sure you guys keep up with Bria. I am Bria Charlize on Instagram. Go ahead and add her, go ahead. Um, you know, slide in her DMs if you have any further questions and thank you again for dropping these gems.
1: Yes. Thank you for having me again, sis. Of
0: (laughs) course. Yes. So make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review if you enjoyed today's episode and we'll catch you next time on the next episode of the fashion school dropout.